Abun de Boschmaya Nitkadashma Te te malkuta Nehwe sebiana Aikana de Boschmaya Af baraha Hablan lachma de sunkanan yaumana Washbuklan haubain Waktahin Ay Kanadaf Khan Shpokan Habain Ula Dahlan Nesiuna Ela Batsan Min Bisha Amen Our One Absolute Eternal Being of which we are born forth from the realm of the all and the only. I am empty within the awe of your presence and the purity of your name. Empower my creative beingness through your expansion from the ever-present realm as I realize our strength and virtue as one. On the manifest earth as in the unmanifest realm, Provide the nourishment of your insight and realization through me and in every present moment. Release my hidden past as I cancel my past concerns with others. Do not let me lose my true self in forgetfulness, but wholly release me from the errors of my perception. For thy realm is the absolute, the all, and the only and our strength of virtue and magnificence. From cosmic gathering to cosmic gathering, from age to age, may these be the rooted earth from which all of my actions flow. Amen. Holy Spirit within me, living in wholeness, moving in joy and love, I surrender to your will. Bring the radiance of your light into my heart and mind. Merge with me to manifest your will upon the earth. Make me a conduit of your infinite knowledge. Amen. Hello and welcome back to the God-Led Mystics podcast. I am your guide and host, Reverend Rose, here with another wonderful episode of my beloved friend and colleague, Quinn headmistress of the Deep Remembrance Mystery School. Last year, we did an episode on the Collective Seven Year, and I loved it so much that I asked Quinn if she would come back and do a Collective Eight Year. So um, in today's episode, we talk about the energies and the frequencies of the Collective Eight Year and what that kind of looks like for us at this time. I will link the reading or the, you know, I guess you could call it a reading of the collective seven year that we did last year that might kind of inform some of the topics that we are navigating in case you're curious. Um, And I also think that it's a really powerful opportunity to go back and reflect upon how your year was last year. Both Quinn and I have strong eight signatures, so I think it's safe to say <laughs> that we really enjoyed doing this episode together. 
Quinn is such a wonderful, energetic reader, and oh, she's just magic. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode and you really feel the blessings of this eight year. And once again, I want to say, you know, if you've listened to the Psychic Attack podcast I just recently posted, I want to be sure to remind you that there's no fear here. No matter what happens in this year, no matter what arises for you in this collective eight-year reading, I invite you just to breathe into your body and let yourself be really open to the way that this eight is going to boomerang in our lives. Welcome, Quinn. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here for another year. Another year. I would another love- year. <laughs> I would love if you could introduce yourself and, of course, answer the million-dollar question. What does God mean to you? Alrighty. So my name is Quinn Webster. And I'm also known as the Priestess of Unseen Arts, and I run the Deep Remembrance Mystery School, where we celebrate magic in the diversity of God and entering into your own personal excellence. We have a lot of fun. And I was on, we did a podcast last year about the seven year, so I'm really excited to do the eight year. And I guess we'll see you guys next year for the nine year. And with the question of what is God to me? I actually, I'm feeling called to tell a story about when I was struggling a little bit with my relationship with God and just kind of how that opened up to me. And then I'll talk about how I see God now. Um, But a little bit of background on me. I actually went to Catholic grade school until I was in eighth grade. So I was surrounded by teachings of God, but I never really felt connected to God. And one day I was drinking some Modellos with my friend Chloe. And I was like, Chloe, you know, I just kind of struggle with connecting to God. And I think I always, I always felt the magic of life. And I always felt like there was something connecting everything. But I feel like maybe there was a veil between me and that, and I wasn't fully experiencing it to the full extent just yet. So I said, Chloe, you know, I'm really struggling with my relationship to God. And it's like, what is God to you, basically, is what I asked her, because I knew she had a really good relationship with God. And she essentially was like, Quinn, you know, I used to feel the same way. And then one day I woke up and I just started seeing God everywhere. And that story just really sat with me. And it was probably like two-ish years after that conversation. But it really was how it was for me. I just woke up one day and I started seeing God everywhere. And so now if I were to connect to what I think God is to me, the first word that really comes up for me is connectedness. Mm. And, and really just magic. There's this song that I really love, and it talks about how magic never died and God never died. 
And I really do feel like God is the magic of life and the magic in all things. Mm -hmm. But of course, I do believe that there are things that have been created and cultivated in our world that are lacking that magic, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of where the separation comes in. And that's why we have to start opening up to seeing the connectedness and the magic and the life in everything, in the life and every choice and every thought and every action. When we talk about life, for me, it always goes back to energy. And because I am an energy worker and I see things in energy, when I think about what God is to me and I soften my eyes, it's just like that glimmer in that shine of a life force energy in all things. And so I feel like that's what God really breaks down to for me. But of course, God is diverse and God presents God energy in a lot of different ways. Right. Yeah. Beautifully said. I feel like God is the magic in all things. Yeah. The book I really love that discusses this in depth in its own way is Conversations with God. And, you know, in this book, it's basically channeled material. Um, Oh, my goodness. I think his name is Neil. I can't think of his last name. But basically, it's like Neil's inner channeling of God. And, you know, God is just constantly reminding him about the magic of life and how we have just created constructs and rules and regulations about what God can be and what God can't be. And, you know, he reiterates, or God reiterates, that um, it's really silly for humans to do that, because they can't even imagine how, how big and how grandiose and how magical God truly is. And I think that whenever I listen to those books, there's like six, I think there's six of them. There's six or eight, I can't remember. But um, I like to listen to them on audiobook because it just like soothes my nervous system. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it seems like it would. Whenever I listen to them, I'm just like, ah, this reminds me so much of everything I know inside of my soul. Yeah. Um, And so I just love the way that you say that. It really is like the magic. Yeah, Mm. the magic. (laughs) It's so funny, too, because like, you know, there's so many regulations from certain religious faiths that say that magic is bad. And um, they include what they call good magic. But then they don't recognize like the magical crafts that they do, you know, like anointing or drinking the blood of Christ or baptism. All of these are a form of magic. So who can separate what magical practices are appropriate to do in the name of God? I guess I believe all of them are appropriate when we do them in the name of God. Right. Right. And it's like, really where my mind goes to with that is like how almost every action, every production, anything that you're creating is an act of magic. And because Mm -hmm. we have become so disconnected from energy in general, we forget that there is formulas 
and like ways to go about things according to each individual that allow us to be in that (laughs) good magic, whatever that means, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, we have almost made it that like magic is just specific things as well. Like Mm -hmm. when really it's how you go about everything in my opinion. Cooking is magic. Exactly. Washing the dishes is magic. Speaking. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like even right now on this podcast, like we're trying to use intentional words and and speak from different parts of our bodies because that's Mm -hmm. who we are as priestesses in general. And that is a form of magic. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's so brilliant. <laughs> right? And so it's like the basic concept of God is like remain open. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Remain yeah. open so that you can proceed and experience. Right. You know, um, RJ, you know, studies under the Taoist lineage and um, because we live in such close quarters I often hear him listening to class and his Sifu is so wonderfully articulate about how God can present itself in almost everything Um, and you know I think that's something that we always need to remember uh, because we so often harden our hearts to the idea that um you know, God is only available in certain frequencies, but everything is an act of creation of God. And it is our duty to reclaim God in all moments of our life. And, you know, a practice for that, that I feel like really helps me sometimes through different experiences is connecting to that like combo relationship of God and goddess and just like the slight different frequencies of how that God frequency shows up. And it helps me to kind of know where to listen in my body a little bit to be like God or goddess. And it's not even, it's a very instinctual thing, but I feel like it just helps me connect to different frequencies or different parts of the earth or different parts of my body or my mind. And I don't even know why, but I feel like even opening up that, can help me Mm -hmm. and so I just wanted to share that for anybody else to just experiment with that and see how the frequencies can shift sometimes when you're going through different experiences of like okay what is God showing me here what is God is showing me here and just (laughs) listening you know Mm -hmm. yeah definitely agree I feel like this is a good segue into how the seven year went because I feel oh. like a lot of these topics, you know, are topics we covered in um, our seven year podcast. So yeah. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on how this seven year went in in the collective way. <laughs> kind of makes me emotional. Like when I just started thinking about it, I felt I've been saying the word emo a lot lately, but I felt kind of emo because. <laughs> I just feel like we're in a really interesting period of time. And this is something that I want more and more people to find peace with is that we're in a really interesting period of time where we're being pioneers of alternative ways of living and authentic ways of living, grounded ways of living, connected ways of living. And in general, a lot of us are really fed up 
with certain systems and structures and power dynamics. And we just want good, healthy communities and we want people to be happy. We want the earth to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like with this past year, I feel like a lot of people went through some really hard times and mm-hmm. were really shown um, some poor wounds and really shown how to move through the darkness and that it's safe to move through the darkness and that it's safe to grow and it's safe to explore and change and open up. Right. And I also think that there were a lot of collective veils that were lifted and are going to continue to lift. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had, you know, several major events that impacted us all greatly and and continuously are as well and so when we were talking about the seven year last year we were talking about how it's going to be opening us up to more of like spirituality and the divine feminine and kind of like the unseen right and so Mm -hmm. I feel like with that I feel like a lot more people are able to see a lot more and are almost able to reckon with it a bit better but it doesn't mean that it was easy and I still want to kind of dive into some of what I talked about just now but I also want to hear your thoughts yeah I want to just say that um you know I think sometimes people have a preconceived notion that like spirituality is joyful and fluffy and um like about finding your bliss and you know it's not true (laughs) um it's not true entirely it can it does support that but when we first lift the veil from our eyes we see the atrocities for what they really are we see things for as they really are and we can no longer look at them the same You know, it's like once you awaken to who someone is right in front of you, you can't go back. You know, it's like it's like once you realize you're in an abusive relationship, you have to make the decision to walk away. You can't. I mean, unless you, you know, you you accept that you can't stay there and continue to be abused um right and maybe that sounds like a really harsh response to spirituality in this way but um a third eye awakening is not just joyful uh at all in the beginning because we're starting to see what's here um and i remember right. like being young and wanting to have my third eye awakening and then as i had my third eye awakening like the first the first layers of being that I really interacted with were disembodied ghosts who were miserable and hungry and seeking support. And I had to (laughs) be like, holy shit, there is an energetic suffering that's like around me, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I, I like what you have to say. And I also want to reiterate that I feel like it did open us up to that. And also, it wasn't always pretty. Um, We kind of saw what was in front of us at this point. I just feel like we're at this massive choice point as a collective 
where we either choose to be blind or we choose to see and do differently. And that's not always easy. It's, you know, I, I watched this movie the other night called um, The Star. It's on Amazon Prime. It's about uh, the birth of Yeshua as told by the donkey. <laughs> it's so cute. But um, it's, it's a really cute movie. It, uh, I totally cried. But um, in this, you know, in this movie, as Mary and Joseph are walking to Bethlehem, she, you know, they experience hardship and she sits down and she starts crying and she says, just because something in is in God's plan doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And I was like, oh, yes, Mary, it's so true. Sometimes it's really not easy. And I don't mean to be negative about any of this stuff. But I think the first layer that we go through is what has been suppressed or what might, you know, what might we call the shadow. Um, and we have to really reckon with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and what you're talking about right now brings up a topic that I think is really important when it comes to spirituality and healing as well and meeting these challenges that God places in our path so that we can grow and evolve. We are in a period of time where we have a lot of resources and we're able to connect Mm -hmm. with one another and we've been able to cultivate a good amount of collective healing, even though there is a lot more to do. And so we've been very focused on healing And so I think sometimes where the confusion comes in is we expect to heal and then be in that bliss, but we neglect the fact that our soul is also here to grow and evolve in this lifetime as well. So just Mm -hmm. because the collective mission is one of great healing and embodiment right now, doesn't mean that's the end. That is the beginning, you know, to Mm -hmm. the continued growth in soul evolution that's going to continue to carry forward. So I feel like, and I, and I feel like we almost get sold this impending doom a lot to humanity (laughs) of like the world's going to explode. Humans are going to ruin everything. Robots are going to take over. Like there's always this impending doom. And I feel like that can almost subconsciously convince everyone that there's nowhere to go. Right. And that's, part of what we really need to open up right now mm-hmm. yeah I've actually been thinking about that a lot because we really like suspicious observers and you know Ben Davis talks about the impending pole reversal um, and you know the solar flare that's gonna knock out you know the entire earth grid basically and he says that, you know, this is a guaranteed event in 15 years. And so don't be afraid, but start preparing. And on the other hand, we really like to listen to this guy named um, Thunder Wizard. He's, I love him. He's goofy. And I also don't like believe everything he's saying because he's, he's like a goofy dude. I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, the point is that, you know, he talks about, um, the solar flash, which talks about the um, the coming of the new earth. 
and from a spiritual perspective, this is the what's considered the event or the event where the earth splits into two or the new consciousness, you know, is anchored on this planet. And um, of course, under Chief Golden Light Eagle, you know, Chief has talked about this event for many years, since at least the 90s, um, and has talked about, you know, this new wave um, of awakening that's coming onto this planet. And the other day, I just had this like, moment where I was like, you know what, I think Ben Davis is right and Thunder Wizard is also right and all these other people are totally right. But I don't actually think that the earth is going to end. I think it's going to be reborn. And that might sound crazy to some people, but I feel that in my bones. Like I just, I can't imagine that like God would put us on this planet just for us to have some like horrible event. And um Now, this might make me sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that this has happened on Earth several times, and it's looked like, um, you know, a horrible event like the Ice Age, but I don't actually think that's what it was. I don't think I've said that out loud or on recording before, but (laughs) it feels appropriate to claim it right now. Well, you know, I always say that Earth is the planet of possibility. And if we're, we're talking about this seven year and the divine mother and also going back to what I said about the goddess and really how I approach these things is almost in full surrender. Because when mm-hmm. I tune into humanity, I really just see and feel a lot of beautiful change happening. And you know what? I don't need to know what that change is right. to be able to trust it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, for me, it's like almost like this deep surrender and just really tuning into your path and your creation and how life is speaking to you and not needing to know everything, which is the mystery, which is the mother. And also talking about how we were saying some of these things were ugly and hard that also is the mother to me as well, because the mother teaches us to see the beauty in the ugly, in the hard, in the disaster, in all of that, so that we can continue to create right. and create for almost unknown purposes. And so it's like we have to be okay with knowing that, yes, we are humans, we are so smart, we have all this stuff, but we will never be smarter than Mother Nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we have to humble ourselves to that truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just know that you know God keeps telling me to have more babies, so I just gotta listen <laughs> to that. Yeah, um, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there must be some divine plan for these children, otherwise they wouldn't become incarnate, right? So, who knows what I that just. Is. I really believe in humanity and I and be even beyond this planet. I believe in this whole divine orchestration amongst all the planets in our galaxy and right. that galactic story, right? <laughs> and I yeah. really feel like this is the planet of possibilities and the more that we open up to the possibilities, I feel like who knows the story of this solar flare, flare could change. Yeah, anything is possible for sure. You know? (laughs) Yeah, 
yeah, anything's possible. Life is all figuring itself out. I don't know. I just don't. I'm, I'm just like weary of the idea that like the sun's going to take us all out and we're going to die. I don't know. Wait, you know what? Just it just I would accept seem... that death because I love the sun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would too, but I just don't. I feel like the sun wouldn't do that to us, I guess. I feel that way too. <laughs> like the sun is our daddy. Like I yeah, love exactly. our mommy, but I, I just don't feel that way either. I feel like. I, I feel like there's just so much more to the story is how I, I feel, you know? Like, I just feel like there's so much more to this story. And I just want more people to be open to that more right. than anything. And also open to just living, too. You yes. Know? Because, like, I feel like so many people prepare for the future rather than being right here now. Right, um, which right now is what is making the future there's this quote that's been sitting with me lately and it's like it's it's not luck it's just choice after choice right for sure yeah because your choice points open new parallels and new realities and new timelines that are available to you right and it's like we can break it all down into dimensions and realms and all this (laughs) stuff on this planet you know what i mean so it's like it's like sometimes when certain things are happening, it can almost trap us into one dimension on this planet. And we right. have to continuously remember that this planet is not one dimensional whatsoever. Mm-mm. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> whatsoever. And that is part of the magic of this specific planet. So anybody who's listening, please start seeing Earth as magical. She really is, I promise. I know I think about that all the time I think about like just how magical the earth really is like when you look at her landscape and you think about like just the the water and the rocks and the trees and the different life forms that are here I just I'm so available for it all I am as well so I am as well (laughs) should we talk (laughs) about the eight year (laughs) <laughs> I think we should talk about it. So if we're talking about the crumbling of the seven year, right? Hopefully this showed you what wasn't working, what you're not aligned with, what is important to you, who needs to be in your life, who does not need to be in your life, what frequencies or energies need to be in your life and not, boundaries, all these different things. Hopefully a lot was revealed to you. And it's important to take stock of what was revealed to you because in this eight year, I really truly believe that this eight year is going to be about building. Okay. Mm -hmm. I actually foresee a lot more abundance in the form of like material abundance coming through in the collective nine year. And I do think that that's going to be available to people in the eight year as well. But I really believe that this eight year is going to be about building and structuring and it's going to be more masculine in energy, more yang in energy. And it's really learning to use your skills and your talents Mm -hmm. and your abilities, which requires you to trust yourself and to get to know yourself. So it's taking what this seven year revealed to you and applying it and using your creativity, using your instincts, using your life force energy to build and craft things that matter. That's yeah. really what I 
would sum it up as, but there's a lot more to that. And I really liked what we talked about earlier about the eight oscillating and all of that stuff. So I was curious Mm -hmm. if you wanted to share that story or share anything else and we'll continue to build on this eight year because there's going to be a lot of layers to this eight year because not everybody is going to be building the same thing and we're not supposed sure. to how would that make sense anyway. <laughs> let's all let's all do the same thing at one time guys aren't we supposed to be breaking away from that mindset of yeah, all of us sure. being the same yeah yeah well for those who do not know i am a life path eight and I've spent a lot of time sitting with what that really means to me. I don't know if you can hear these birds, but I'm sitting outside under this tree. And I think these are sparrows, maybe? But anyway, they're so loud. And they're just, like, chirping away at me. I just have to shout them out for a second. No, they um, sound cute. <laughs> they're just, like, it's surrounding like- me. It's quite fascinating. You want to talk about magic? They'll show you magic. There's right. five thousand trees they could sit in, and they're right. in this one. Um. So yeah, I had a friend who dated a guy who was really into numerology, and I talked to him one day about being a life path eight because when you you know research eight, I feel like the answers about what eight is can be a little bit shallow. The eight is often described as material abundance, the CEO, you know, the this or the that. And that's not a great example, but it basically, (laughs) it's basically described as, you know, the, the like company builder. And I left corporate America years ago. I've not worked for other people for a long time. And um, I remember, you know, asking him like, well, what does this mean? And for those of you who don't know, my goals are my dreams. You know, my dreams are to build um, a legacy, to build a temple, a network of temples that all feed each other and create, you know, safe spaces for priestesses and shamans and healers and magi to all move around and have a place to land as their as they're called to walk this earth. That's just always what I felt like I was designed to do was to build a huge network of people. And he was like, well, you're just a spiritual eight. And I was like, okay, but what does that mean? <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? What do you, what does that mean? He was like, you, don't, don't you hear the way that you talk about your mission? You are the spiritual eight. And I was like, okay, I guess you're right. I'm here to build. So we, you know, dove into just what it really means to be eight. And again, there's this ideology that eight is about abundance. And that's true. But what he also taught me is that eight is an oscillator. So eights are really good at calling in a lot of money as a windfall and then either losing it all or spending it all out of necessity. Um, or, of course, out of poor choices. But what the eight struggles with most is high highs and low lows. And he told me that they are designed to learn how to stop oscillating and come into the middle. And I've seen this be very true in my life. Um, I've talked about this many times where it's like, 
I'll get down to my last $4 and then, you know, two grand will come in. Um, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't quite unlocked it all the way, uh, which I can admit, but, um, I've seen this pattern play out with the eight and I've spent, you know, the last year learning how to build systems that create more stability. I feel like that's what eight is really designed to do. So, I mean, unless it's an adrenaline junkie and it enjoys being in those high highs and low lows, it can live that way. But I feel like what the magic of eight really does is it builds stability so that it doesn't have to go through those swings. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, <clears throat> I feel like ooh, becoming a mother, I've just been witnessing how my way of working before a mother is obviously not sustainable after becoming a mother. And um, I've spent the last year in deep communion with my soul as to what's next. How do we actually build something that feeds itself continuously? Like how, how do we build something that's not constantly seeking to get paid or to be nourished or to be taken care of? Because I don't want to like keep on the idea that, you know, eight is just about money. Um, it's, I think it's really about nourishment, but you know, which can come through money, but, um, it comes through water. It comes through food. Oh my God. My whole life has been about like receiving gifts. That sounds really funny, <laughs> but my whole life has been about accepting what people want to give me, which I think is a, a form of nourishment. And I think that's another gift of the eight that I don't think people talk about because, um, you know, as builders, as network creators, Eights are in constant communion with other people. They're not isolated. They're not designed right. to be isolated. They're designed to be um, working with everyone. Right. <sighs> I don't know. I'm going to pause there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's important as well, because in the seven year, it could have been a little bit more isolation for people in certain ways. And with the eight year, it is going to be about connecting more. And I feel like people are already feeling that pull to connecting more. And also talking about the eight in the form of legacy. When you were speaking about that earlier, it really brought this idea of everlasting abundance up in my uh, mind. And I think we need to broaden our idea of what that means outside of money because everlasting abundance can be like a frequency that you're choosing to always align with, a truth that you're choosing to always align with, a legacy that you're choosing to always align with that's always available for you and pulling you forward. Because a, a lot of what we have been doing, a lot of us recently have been healing generational trauma as well. And with that, we're beginning to embrace generational gifts. And so that's mm -hmm. almost the idea of this everlasting abundance of what gift or life force expression are you going to allow to be birthed to create this energy of everlasting abundance? And I'm sure we've all been in environments or around people who have just created something really beautiful and we have seen how it nurtures and nourishes anybody mm -hmm. who's there, anything who's there, right? 
And so with this eight year, it's choosing to align with your values so that you can build something that cultivates a sense of everlasting abundance for you, but really opening up to what type of abundance you're wanting to experience. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything, really. And with the eight year, I feel like there's oscillating within the eight year as well. There's periods where things are happening fast, periods where things are moving slow, and then mm -hmm. again and again and again. And I also think that that beginning of that eight year can almost be like the brunt of all of it because you are almost forced into a position where you're realizing everything that's not working in your life or everything that's not actually aligned with who you truly are. And then there's like another sort of crumbling that can happen with that. But with that also comes this energy of strength, of remembering who you are, of remembering what you're capable of, of restoring that personal power and being willing to move into that unknown, to move with that inspiration and to start creating and building, even if it's something that you haven't seen before, because it's something mm -hmm. that you want to experience is an everlasting abundance that you're wanting to experience or enter into in some way right. or some form. Right. Yeah. That's really important. What you said right there. Eights are designed to build things that haven't necessarily been done before. Eights are visionaries. So when you are in an eight year, it is time to be visionary. It's time to be delusional. I've been having so many conversations with my clients about this. Um, and it all started with one who was like, I think I'm delusional. And I was like, so what? <laughs> yeah. She was like, well, how do I know what's reality and what's not? I was like, I don't know. How do you? I know that's not the answer she was looking for, but the trees in front of us are not just the trees in front of us. They're elder spirits that have names and medicines and teachings that they are willing to offer us. But we have to be willing to get a little delusional to believe them. And I think that, you know, maybe the, the word delusional is probably not the most appropriate word, but I'm kind of stealing it back from this idea that, like, we know we're not rooted in reality. Reality is what we create it, right? And so we have to get really comfortable with building something that might not have been done before. And I think that's what stops a lot of people. I think that's what stops people from following their soul truth is this idea that they are living in a fantasy of their own creation. Well, good. Live in that fucking fantasy, please. Like, create your fantasy. Live right. your fantasy. Live your frequency. There are... Right. That is the gift of being alive at this time. We are in one of the most liberated points of earth history in the last 2000 years you're not going to be burned at the stake for being a witch anymore you are not going to get your hands chopped off for being a healer um it's time that you live your fantasy and be who you want to be you are kind of in a simulation um you are kind of in your own video game so be your main character <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and I think that there's some interesting things that you brought up there as well because, you know, we are we are in a point in time where we are our most liberated and that might seem uh, like a conflicting statement for some because of different atrocities that we're witnessing mm-hmm. right now. But we have to look at the grand picture of mm-hmm. how humanity has moved forward and the conversations that we are having having in the systems that we have been dismantling and and it seems like it's been a long time coming for a lot of these things and it's because it has been and it's going to continue to crumble as well but with this being delusional it really can be just about breaking out of conditioning Mm -hmm. right and I know for me me and you have both been in our personal eight years this past year and I know for me it was a lot of how can I do this in the way that I want to as an artist without feeling the need for approval? And that can feel dangerous a little bit, especially in spiritual communities, because a lot of us have witnessed a lot of disembodied spiritualism and spiritual abuse. So when we talk about, you know, being delusional or totally approving of yourself we are not talking about the levels of that that are not rooted in truth or grounded or are going unchecked you know what I'm saying so we do need to reclaim that in a way of like recognizing that we can open our minds and do these practices in ways that are grounded and real and raw and continue to give less energy to the people who are doing these practices in disembodied ways because they don't mm-hmm. deserve our energy right now. We have to we have to pull our attention away to that from that and start focusing on real spirituality and that's going to help delete all of this spiritual abuse faster. I just want to add that note in there. Yeah. Um and and with and I do want to touch base on some of the atrocities that have happened this past year. Two that have really stand out for me were the fire in Lahaina. And mm-hmm. the reason why that that really stood out for me is because I just love the way that the Hawaiian people are so deeply connected to the spirit of their lands. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that event put that connection on display for the whole world. Or for hopefully as many people as were paying attention and are hopefully still paying attention. And I feel like that was a source of collective inspiration of remembering how important it is to fight for the spirit of your land, to heal the spirit of your land, to to build right on the lands and to not abuse the lands and things like that. And of course, the second atrocity being the war that is going on between Israel and Hamas. And the most beautiful aspect of this, which sounds almost uh, kind of messed up to say, is witnessing the deep faith of the Palestinian people and their deep connection to God, to their faith, to their path, even being faced with all these atrocities, which you know, we are all grieving and we are all feeling the heaviness of this and we are all feeling a sort of intolerance, a greater level of intolerance towards anything that harms humanity in life. And we're finding more connectedness with each other and we're, we're not available for these systems of abuse anymore, 
right? Mm -hmm. And so it's with this eight going into this eight year, I see these really heavy collective themes that we were met with this year with different atrocities that have happened in our ongoing. Um, and that's going to inspire a lot of this building and connecting as well moving into this eight year. Yeah, and I want to just pause and talk about the seven when it comes to these atrocities. And I'm totally going to call out Biden here because I'm pissed. But Biden offered $700 to the people of Hawaii. Yeah, that was a disgrace. But is sending billions of dollars to Ukraine and billions of dollars to Israel. Yeah, and our I government's think- treatment of our of Hawaiian people was disgusting. Right. And everybody should call that out. And again, we're seeing what our government is actually designed for, which is the military industrial complex. And you know, many of us might have kind of known that for years, but at this point I think we're finally awakening to the depths of what that truly means and what we must do now as a nation in order to say fuck you this is not how you treat people you know the stories that they've told us about world war ii and world war one like people are starting out starting now to realize like that well all the stories that they've told us about war in other places has been spun by people who want their own agenda. And And this is governments everywhere, right? right. So it's like everywhere people are realizing this about our own governments, everywhere we're connecting to each other. Right. And at this point, like – You know, in this collective eight year, I think that we actually have an opportunity to build and call forward what we truly desire when we truly claim it as part of our desires. Um, Because, you know, uh, I know in the United Kingdom, um, there is a legal statute that says that you can withhold your taxes if the government is not doing something that you believe is justified. Um, And I think that the more, and this maybe sounds crazy again, but our tax dollars are single-handedly funding all of these things. And I think that people are starting to realize that they can't just blindly give away their money and their time to a system that abuses people because what the government is really doing is it's it's allowing for um obviously the genocide of a nation but also it definitely abused its own nation right we consider hawaii as part of this country just as we consider puerto rico as a part of this country and we haven't even discussed what the government has done to Puerto Rico. Right. Um, But, you know, Oh my God. It's like, yeah, it's horrible in this year. I feel like we, I feel like people can reclaim their power in a collective eight year. I mean, you can reclaim your power at any time, but I feel like there's more like emphasis, especially 
um, you know, eight is supposed to be ruled by Saturn. Saturn doesn't let anyone get away with shit. That's nothing. Talk coming from a Capricorn. Absolutely nothing. That's the blessing and the curse of Saturn is that Saturn don't fuck around. And Saturn doesn't let others fuck around either. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we're entering a period where basically dad's in control. And Daddy Saturn. <laughs> yeah, things are going to be answered to. And things Absolutely. are called out as for what they are. We're even seeing, I saw this morning that Maine is trying to drop Trump from the 2024 ballot just because they don't like him. Like, and Colorado. That's not legal. <laughs> you can't just drop a candidate from a ballot because you don't like them. Like, what is this? This is all just showing how fake and ridiculous this little game is. <laughs> it is. And I want to talk about this as well because we are feeling fed up with our governments. We want this change. We want all of this stuff. And I just am going to break it down a little bit for everybody because I do... I am an optimist by nature, okay? And I'm a very Saturn-ruled person. And I want to break it down so that it feels more digestible because I think that sometimes when we think about the change for humanity and the change of our governments and all of this stuff, we expect it to happen overnight and it just quite literally is not going to. These mm-hmm. governmental systems are not going to crumble overnight. I mean, I op- I'm open for any possibility to happen, whatever is best for everybody, right? But I don't think it's going to happen that way. But that should not discourage people. Because let me tell you how it will happen. It will happen by people taking care of themselves, learning Mm -hmm. how to have healthy relationships, building healthy families and communities, building healthy business practices, taking care of their communities, connecting with people. That's Mm -hmm. how these changes are really going to happen. We say that all the time. Start local, start local. It's the same thing with these. We have to do it with ourselves. That's how this change is going to be brought about. And there is another part that I wanted to mention as well with this. But I can't quite remember what it was just yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I said, your time and your energy matters. Um. I've been watching. Oh, our- I remember, Iris. I remember. Okay. I also want to remind people very briefly that there are light workers in every position, including in the government, that are also helping to change things for the better. And so we have to also trust one another that we're all walking our paths and our missions mm-hmm. and that we will bring about this change all together in completely different ways. Right. Yeah, there's no one way that a person creates the revolution. We all have our own archetypes that we we play, um, which I think is really important when it comes to tolerance. But I want to say, you know, I've watched RJ's dad um, spend every week going to school board meetings based on what he believes to be true in his school system i mean he doesn't have children in school anymore but he's still paying taxes right to fund public schools 
So he's been going to school board meetings and having, you know, conversations with people and standing up for what he believes to be true. And I think that is one really good way to be active in your community so that you actually know what's happening versus, you know, what people are telling you is happening. And then two, actually showing up to your community and creating events and opportunities for your community to relate with each other. Um, so I live in the middle of nowhere, California, um, which might sound funny, but it's true. I'm 50 minutes from town, like from a small town. I'm an hour and a half from a real town. But I have been every month hosting a village prenatal. So it's a birth circle for, you know, women in the area. And it would be easier if I just drove the hour, you know, to be um, to be in town, but I want my women of, of the mountain, I want my mountain mamas to know that there's someone here holding space for them. And I've not had a huge turnout, which is fine. Um, but I just continue to show up and hold the space. Because again, I want these women to know that there's someone here uh, supporting them. And I think that that's important. You know, whatever your medicine is, you can show up to your community and say, I'm here for you in whatever way, shape or form that matters. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're talking about Saturn as well, and I really do love this practice in general, I have volunteered at a lot of different places throughout many years. My most recent that I did was fostering. Um, and I really do feel like if you want to connect to your values in this eight year, find somewhere to donate your time, mm -hmm. even just a little bit too. And that yeah. will help you connect to your values. It will help give you exposure. It will help learn you, it will help teach you lessons. It will help you pay off some karmic residues that karma is always flowing, right? And I think it's a, we do have time. And we do have time for what we value and we do have time for what's important. So if you can find any way to share your time or volunteer your time for any organization or giving back in any type of way over this eight year, I do feel like that would help make the process smoother as well. Yeah. And that's a natural Saturn remediation is either donating your time or your money to in organization or a charity that is doing what you believe in and right. I think that really does matter RJ told me he used to um uh work at the soup kitchen every holiday before they would have family gatherings his family would go and feed people and then have their own um and I thought like wow what a beautiful tradition that I want to pass to my children so that they know you know we're responsible for contributing to the wellness of our community we can't Absolutely. continue to you know we, we want to talk about being in a high trust society but we also then have to be willing to take care of the society and tell people that we're here for them Absolutely, um, I think that we can't just trust some governmental body to do what we really desire to do which is to show up and support our brothers and sisters in their time of need um 
And so I think what you said is really great. If you have something that someone else needs that you don't need, give it away to them. Give it back. You, We are always in a constant cycle of receiving and giving and giving and receiving. And um, that is another thing about the eight is that it usually gives out as it receives in, like the oscillation. That's just how it's designed. It's reciprocal. It's Absolutely. not... It's not necessarily a hoarder um, and it feels, you know, it's, it's impassioned to create opportunities for other people. Like something I really desire, you know, I, I said, I, I want to build a network. I want to build a network that actually feeds people an opportunity for people to not just receive money, but to receive skills and the assistance that they need, um, in their life. Oh, I think it's really important that we actually honor the reality that we're all here to take care of each other. And Absolutely. by each other, I don't mean just humans. I mean everything, the earth, the trees, the plants, the animals, the insects. We're all taking care of each other. That's just how we're designed. It is. And I honestly feel like this last part that we've talked about almost encapsulates the eight year completely because that's what the eight year is going to be about is these personal structures and dynamic space and what you value and also this reciprocal reciprocal care between you, your community, your family, your relationships, your environment. Mm -hmm. And it, Really, you know, because I know a lot of us have been hurt in life. Let this be the year that you open yourself up to being cared for. Just let yourself open up to it. And mm -hmm. let yourself care in return. And let it become reciprocal. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we got it. I feel like we did it. I feel like I feel like we touched on everything that the eight needed us to touch on. Yeah. Build I wanna say build back better, but that's horrible. <laughs> oh god, I do not I revoke that from all governments, all times and spaces. Restructure. Build. Build what matters to you. And, you know, a really a metaphor that I really like to use is like, doesn't everybody just love a good stone wall? It's like, it takes time to build that. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. really think about what it takes to build quality things and let yourself build that because you deserve it. Oh, and anytime you doubt it, say, I deserve to have this structure. I deserve to have this system. I deserve to have this support. I deserve to have this care. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Build back divine. <laughs> Build with the divine. Yeah. God's the best architect in the whole world. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't forget that you can go straight to God. And get you to learn design. how to build right yes. <laughs> right exactly like that's that's the whole thing 
if you're feeling insecure about what you're building, ask God how to build it and ask God how you can have faith while you're feeling insecure about building it. Yeah. Do you think that it's just irony or like a happenstance that Yeshua was a carpenter and a builder? No, 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 no. <laughs> that right. was so intentional. Right? Because the because people who are builders and carpenters understand the, the importance of taking your time to build something the right way. And having a vision. Right. Oh, man, I cannot get over. RJ can think of like, um, you know, how to build. He can he can build something in his mind and then he can have it constructed in 48 hours. Um, My mind can, does not work that way. Mine doesn't either. I'm like, what? what do you mean? We've been it building amazes this, me as well. We've been building out this cabin and um the the landowner asked me, he was like, Oh, what do you think about this color for for the kitchen? He was like staining wood. And I was like, mm-hmm, cool. And he was like, mm-hmm, cool is your response. I was like, I can't imagine that color in the whole kitchen. It's impossible. Well, I do see color. I I do see color, so I love color. But I know what you mean. Sometimes you just need that physical thing there to see it. So they're staining all this wood, and then they're, like, building out little, um, like, hutches in the kitchen. So I can't imagine what it would look like in there because I don't know where all the hutches are. I don't know where they're putting that wood. It don't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have to. You know, like that's another thing with this year, entering this year, guys, just let yourself be yourself. Let yourself, you, mm-hmm. you don't have to know everything. Your brain doesn't have to think however the people's does. It can think how it thinks. Right. You can, you can do things how you do them. You can also ask for help. Like, please right. this year, remember to lean in on your people. Remember- right. Like if we need to build something, I we're going to ask RJ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, 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 and find humility in that. That's not embarrassing. It's not embarrassing to ask for help. It's, it's recognizing what you need and being willing to put it out there so you can receive. Right. Right. You know, RJ asks me to help him write stuff all the time. We have, we have strong suits in each other's weaknesses. So that's just how it flows. I think that's how life is designed. And that's, you know, the coming back together in community with each other is leaning in and saying, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? And your friend and community member saying, absolutely, I'd be honored to assist you in this. Um, and that also comes when you embrace your own skills and talents. So stop sleeping on yourself. Embrace <laughs> your excellence. collective eight year embrace your excellence that's going to be the that's my vibe right now that's my whole vibe right now (laughs) good for you Quinn I'm so happy but I'm sharing it with everybody so it's everybody's vibe if you want yeah embrace your excellence that why not like we're not here to be mediocre we're here to be excellent in our own way that's really how I feel and that might be the Capricorn in me speaking but it's Capricorn season babies be excellent (laughs) Be excellent and party oh. on, dudes. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, Quinn. It's always such a pleasure to do these with you. They're so it's fun. It's fun. Can't wait for next year. <laughs> How can anyone work with you? 
why was my instant response hit me up <laughs> easy <laughs> and it makes sense you can you can find me on instagram or tiktok at the priestess at priestess of unseen arts or you can go visit my website thedeeprememberance.com beautiful do you have any upcoming workshops or events yes we're, we're doing a year-long Reiki training, a year of magic, and that'll be a really good time. It's going to be Reiki 1 and Reiki 2, and you're a Reiki practitioner as well. So just sharing out that we all have the Reiki magic to share, but if you were ever feeling like taking a year to hang out and explore who you are as an energy worker definitely come and check it out it's going to be a really fun time we're going to be diving into a lot of layers of magic and helping you get connected to all aspects of life helping you get connected to your own excellence so you can really walk your divine path Mm, beautiful well great all of that will be in the show notes too Thank you again for being here Thank you. with me today. And I look forward to talking soon. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, everyone who's listening. Much love. Mm.